Cap City, let's stand together and look to someone and say, I'm so glad to see you in service today. Will you turn to someone and say you're happy? Those of you that are joining us online, we are so happy that you have decided to spend part of your day with us today. May you be blessed as you watch, as you worship, as we come together in the fellowship of God's people. This is a great day. We're going to baptize people today. That's always a great day. And we're going to have a wonderful time as we honor and worship the Lord. Are you ready to worship? Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we invite your presence right now in a special way. And Lord, help us to understand that as we worship, we are expressing our love to you. That as we sing, we are giving praise to the Most High God. As we hear the word and are obedient, that Lord, you are exalted and lifted up. So we pray in this service, may you be exalted, may your will be done, and may we rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Now here's what the book of Psalms says. The book of Psalms says, Clap your hands, all ye people, and give a shout to the Lord. Let's clap our hands together and say we are glad to be in God's house today. Amen. Let's, let's worship together. God 
nothing shall be impossible your kingdom reigns unstoppable we'll shout your praise forevermore jesus our god unstoppable nothing shall be impossible your kingdom reigns unstoppable we'll shout your praise forevermore jesus our god unstoppable nothing shall be impossible your kingdom reigns unstoppable we'll shout your praise forevermore jesus our god
coming after me There's no shadow you won't light it up Mountain you won't climb up Coming after me Sweetest thing.
second stanza one more time and I I just have a sense when it talks about that when darkness seems to hide his face you ever feel like that I rest on his unchanging grace through every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil. And here's what I'd like for us to do. I, Randy is the first one who mentioned it to me. And Randy doesn't know what I'm going to say. But uh, when we have been in prayer circles together, he said something like this. There seems to be a spirit of heaviness that's over people and it's over me and there seems to be just a spirit that I can't describe or a spirit that I don't understand and as I walked in here this morning let me tell you, there are times I have that kind of spirit. It just seems like there's just a heaviness. I don't know if anyone else is feeling that or not. But I sort of think across the body of Christ, there are people, you're not sure what it is. It may be because of COVID. I think it's got something to do with it. It may be because of fear. It may be because of things going on in the world as we stand on a, on a brink of a, of a conflict that none of us know exactly what's going to happen. It may be when, like I did this morning, you stop and put gasoline in your car and you're thinking, oh my lands, how do I have to pay this much gas? Or it may be that you just don't know. But there is a spirit that seems to be heavy and seems that we don't quite understand. We just can't quite put our finger on it, but we just feel kind of down and just feel like, are things ever going to get better? I'm working so hard and it seems like the harder I work, the behinder I get. And I just had a feeling this morning because in complete transparency and authenticity this morning, I, I came in, I had that same feeling when I was praying here with, with Autumn. She said, I just have this sense of depression and I don't know what's going on and I need God to help me 
And then I began to talk to other pastors. And I began to hear them saying the same thing. That there seems to be some kind of a heaviness that's on God's people. I just want to ask you today, we're going to sing this second stanza if they can get everything all reset, I think they will. And when we sing this, when darkness seems to hide his face, I just want to rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale and when things don't turn out the way you'd like and when things don't turn out the way you hoped and when things and people that you love let you down and people that you hope for are just not there for you and you're wondering what's going on. And I'm just, we don't do this very often. But we have a couple of altars. We have these two, and then on the other side of the piano and on the other side of the platform. When they sing this, if you'd like to just come and tell God, there is a spirit of heaviness on me. And Lord, I need you to have a spirit. I need you to lift my faith. To believe that by the grace of God, when I can't see your face and when I can't see what's going on and when I don't know the way the road turns and I don't know what's happening, I just want to come and pray. And I just want to lay it here. And I just think in every service, we need to allow the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not about just getting through. It's not about singing two songs and getting done and, and preach, preach, take an offering and all go home. It's about we've come to meet God and have an encounter with God. And so as they sing this, maybe no one else is feeling that way. But I sort of sense that there's a spirit of heaviness in many people. And as they sing this second verse, when darkness seems to hide his face, I want to rest on your unchanging grace. And Lord, I just want to come. I just want to pray here. I just want to come and kneel here before God and just simply say, you are the cornerstone. I'm going to believe in you no matter what happens and how hard it gets or how dark it gets. I want to pray. Let's sing it together. And if you want to come, just don't worry about what anyone else is thinking. Just mind God. Just, just come and pray. Just come and pray. Will you sing it? When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every heart and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the
seated but I just want to tell you this morning let's never get so formal let's never get so programmed let's never get so into what we're doing that God doesn't have time to meet with his people and to minister I don't know about you, I feel better. Amen? Amen. Sometimes the circumstances don't change, but something happens in us that I know that God is my cornerstone.
Can we sing just the chorus one more time? Cornerstone, Christ, our cornerstone. Let's sing it together. Let's make it ring now. Sing it together with all of us. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's time let's just stand let's sing the second verse one more time when darkness seems to hide his face and this time we're not singing it because we feel down this time we're singing it and we're singing it in the face of God and saying I'm trusting in your grace I'm trusting in who you are I'm trusting in the veil you are my God let's sing it together in victory this time let's sing it Darkness seems to hide his face. Do you ever feel that way? Yes, we do. I rest on his unchanging grace. And it will never change. Bless his name. Every high, every high. And stormy gale, oh, my anchor holds. My anchor holds within the veil. It holds whatever comes. It'll hold you. Christ alone, cornerstone, the weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. Amen. Is that your heart today? Hallelujah. Jesus, you are today we give you glory today father we come against the spirit of darkness we come against a spirit of oppression we come against a spirit that the evil one would try to rob our joy and to steal from us those things lord that you have given to us and so lord i pray today that i pray that the very blood of christ and the presence of christ that we sense so strongly here this morning that lord your power would be in every life in every home those who have suffered loss those who are in grief today, those, Lord, who are going through hard places in life, those who are trying to find their way, those who are not sure, I just pray that you will minister to them. Lord, I pray to every person who is here, may they have an encounter with you today. It's not about just coming to church. It's not about just watching someone else. It's about what God is saying to me to my heart. And Lord, I want to thank you personally for your help to me today. And I want to thank you by faith we believe that in every high and stormy gale your anchor holds. In the midst of a world that's gone mad your anchor holds. In the midst of Lord COVID and in the midst of confusion and in the midst of all of this fear and heaviness anchor holds and we believe it today and all God's people said amen let's give him praise
next week, I just get you can be seated. Next week, we're going to finish up. We're going to have the video, the, the announcement video, and then I'll come and, and preach this morning. Next week, though, one of the things that happens in the book of 1 John, if you have read it, if you haven't, I'll just give you a clue, is that the Bible says that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And perfect love casts out fear. And perfect love helps us to have confidence in God. I'm going to talk about the fact that God's love helps us to overcome the things of the world. Uh, been really nice if this sermon would have been today, but uh, it'll be next week, so come back and hear the rest of it. So God bless you as we play the video. Thank you for joining us at Capital City Church. Please check out our bulletin and fill out the connection card inside with your contact information, prayer requests, and praises, and then drop it in the offering as the ushers are going by. Speaking of the connection card, February is our month to update contact info. So if you have a new email, street address, or phone number, please note that on the connection card so we can keep communication lines open. We have a special announcement. Our January challenge to become Great Commission Christians continues this Sunday through early March. Please join us today for an amazing pizza lunch and learn with ministry equipper Jim Daft who will present evangelism strategies. Sessions are the next three Sundays immediately following morning service. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online or by check or cash. See the back of your bulletin for more details. May God bless you and thank you for joining us today at Capital City Church.
Well, this is a month that uh, traditionally we think about love and Valentine's Day has kind of come and gone. I hope that the love in your heart hasn't come and gone as quickly as Valentine's Day did. Um, Valentine's Day for some of us was rather difficult because the Super Bowl was the day before. And uh, so uh, I, I told my wife, she said, David, I know I got your card somewhere. Uh, I, I can't find it. She was just being kind to me because I was wrapped up with all the Super Bowl things and I didn't get uh, a Valentine's Day card, which is very unusual. But uh, nevertheless, we begin to think about in this month, and we've been looking in the book of First of John now for some time. Let me just say again that this is a great day, and we're so glad you're here. We have several visitors that are here, and we are just so pleased that all of you trust that you uh, feel welcomed and, and warmed here at the church. And it is Baptism Sunday, and we're going to have a great time with that. Always a great time when we baptize. And as you heard in the video today after service, uh, we're just going to have just uh, some, uh, some pizza and not a real heavy lunch. Uh, but we're going to hear about how we can begin to establish an evangelism culture or an outreach culture in our church. If you have an interest, and just say, I, I really would like to be able to talk to others about Jesus. I'd really like to be able to help others to come to the knowledge of Christ. I'd really like to know how to do this, and how do you get started, and, and how do you ask a question, or, or what do you do uh, to share uh, the love of Christ with others, and what do you say? You're welcome. You're welcome to come, and it's just going to be here. We'll be here probably till about 2 o'clock or so, and uh, then you can go home. But if you really would like to know how to be effective in, um, in, in reaching other people. Also, it was an interesting day. I had, uh, we're not sure what all is going to happen, um, but uh, I've talked with some of our board members, and I had an interesting phone call from uh, a friend of ours. Uh, their church that they were meeting in, and I've been in that church. In fact, a blaze has been in that church. Um, the building closed on them, and they said, the, the owners came in and said, we're sorry, there's no place, place else for you uh, to have church. You can't have church anywhere. And so I talked to some of our board members and said, what if we would let them maybe use our building in the afternoon or something, or maybe they might come in and uh, worship with us? We haven't got it all settled. It's not resolved. So don't understand that I'm, I'm announcing this. I'm just simply saying this. When I talked to my friend, I said this. I said, well, you know, if the circumstances were reversed, I would hope someone would have compassion on us. If all of a sudden somebody came in here and said, you have to close this building down, uh, I would hope someone would have compassion on us. And I said to him, I said, I want you to know that we want to do something to help you, whatever that might be. We don't know what it is, but it's not. We just want you to know that we love you and God loves you. And we want to help the Capital Church, Capital C Church. It's not even a church in our denomination. And I just said, I want you to know 
that I'm praying for you. We're going to have our folks praying for you. I'm going to have other people praying for you that maybe you don't need to use our building in the afternoon or something. But I just want you to know it's about the kingdom. Now here is what I want you to hear. He broke down in tears. And he said, I have talked to churches all over. No one has said that to me. They've all said, well, we have our own building. We don't, we don't have time to fool with you. And we have our own this and we have our own that. And, and it's always about, uh, well, you're not part of our denominational fellowship and all that sort of thing. And he said, I just want to thank you. And I want to thank your people because you talk in terms I've never heard anyone else talk. Now, I think there are other people that will say, yeah, that's fine, let's give God praise. And I think that's for Cap City. And we don't know how it's all gonna work out. Uh, it's a small church, they've only got about 30 or 35 people. Um, but we're just seeing, and, and here's the thing, we want to be a church that helps people along the way. We want to show God's love. And if we can help show God's love, then that's exactly what we want to do. Well, we've been talking in this book of 1 John about, uh, and the title of this sermon series has been The Greatest Love of All, uh, The Joy of Experiencing. And this morning we have experienced God's love, amen? We have experienced his presence. We have experienced his glory. And that is a beautiful thing when we can sense and experience God's love. But it's not only about experiencing God's love, it's about expressing God's love. And so how do we begin to express the love of God, both to a God that we have never seen, never touched, never known, but yet we know that he's real? How do we express love to a God like that? And how do we then express love, and why should we express love to each other? So if you'll turn in your Bible, or you can watch it on the screen, uh, the scripture is from 1 John chapter 1, and uh, it's verses 1 through 5, and we're going to look at it together as we look in the scripture here, because this is a very important uh, passage of scripture, 1 John 5 and verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. Let's just stop here for a minute. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. Does that mean you? Amen. That's a great thing. If you have believed in Christ, it's not just those that do it right and those that say it right and those that can... Oh, thou God of the great Jeroboam and, and Rehoboam and all the other Boam boys. I mean, you know, it's not all about all that. It's about just simply believing that Jesus is the Christ. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Ooh. Oh, we could stop a long time there. I think you've heard me tell the little, little, little quote, little poem that says, Oh, to dwell above with saints we love. Oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. 
And so we understand everyone. In fact, I think it's up there. Yeah, uh, let's, let's read this verse together. If you can, will you read it with me? You can see it, I think. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. That's a powerful passage of Scripture. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And let's have a great amen. Amen. And we achieve victory how? Through the way we feel? No, through our faith. We believe that God is seeing us through no matter how dark it may appear. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by the shedding of his blood on the cross. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit who is truth confirms it with his testimony. So as we begin to look at this matter today, how do I tell God I love him? How do I express to God I really do love you? Now we know that when we worship, when we sing, and even if you can't sing and hold a tune, you can make a joyful noise to the Lord. God listens to it. And maybe we have more joyful noises than we have singers. I don't know if people have accused me of that. But when we sing from our hearts and we sing from the deep of our soul and we sing to God, we are saying, God, I love you. When we pray to God, when we're praying, and sometimes, and in fact, I try to say every day, God, I want you to know, have I told you today, God, that I love you? Have I told you today, God, that I need you? Have I told you today that I am so grateful for every good thing that you have brought into my life? Have I told you today how much I love you? We need to tell him. We need to sing it to him. We need to do all of these things. But John gives us a few of four other things that we can do to express our love for God. The first one is, it's found in chapter 5 and verse 1, he says that we can express our love to God by confessing that Jesus Christ as and is Lord and Savior. We need to live such in such a way. I, I know that you know this in the current world system we're in, that there is a great deal that is trying to detract, especially from the person of Christ. You can use the word God, and that's even becoming charged. But if you use the word Jesus Christ, or if you talk about the Lord Jesus, or if you begin to talk about Jesus Christ, God's Son, it raises all sorts of issues and all sorts of feelings. And John is saying, and just so you, don't understand, so you do understand this, it was just exactly the same 
in John's day and in that New Testament day. Because you see, in that day, if they declared Jesus was Lord, they were thrown to the lions. And so they had to come to a deep and settled faith that said, Jesus Christ is God's Son. He is the Lord. He is God's own Son. He is God. I trust that. I stand on that. I will not move from that. No matter what anyone says or anyone does, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When you look at the New Testament, and the Old Testament. There were prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ, scores and scores of his life, and yet he fulfilled every one of them. It was all documented by the eyewitnesses and put down uh, on a record. It was documented. It's been proven. It's been literally being witnessed to around the world because people have experienced Christ. Now, you say, why are you saying all that? Because we need to be firm. We need to be strong, not unkind. I'm not talking about being unkind. I'm not talking about being rude. We already talked about that, and you saw that on the, on the uh, film. We're not talk but we're talking about here is where I am, and as for me and my house, Jesus Christ is Lord, regardless of what anyone else says. Amen. Secondly, if we are going to show God and express our love to God, in chapter 5 and verse 2, it means making it our intention to obey his commandments. If we say that we love God, but we have no intention whatsoever of doing what he says, the Bible says that word is a false word. That word is not right. That if the love of God is really dwelling in us, if the love of God is truly in our hearts and truly in our minds, not only will we confess that Jesus is Lord, but we will also make it our intention to obey the commandments of God. And the scripture says these commands are not burdensome. Now, as soon as I say that, I hear some of you say, oh, but sometimes I don't do that. Sometimes I slip. Is there any hope for me? I'm so glad there is. Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, this is what it says, I have written these things unto you, that you would not sin. That's God's plan, that you would not sin, that you would not slip, that you would not fall. That's what God's plan is. But I love the second part of it. But if any man or woman sinned, we have an advocate. We have a friend. We have one who is there, who is there to help us and who intercedes for us and is willing to pick us back up and to say, I forgive you. Let's keep going on. Don't just stop because you stumble. Don't just stop because things get out of hand. Don't just stop because something happens. If you will only turn back to Christ, he is always there and say, well, I'm not perfect. Neither am I. Hello, and neither are you, and neither is the person beside you. Even if you think they are, they're not. And here's the beautiful truth about it all, that if 
any man's sin or any woman's sin, we have an advocate. That is like a lawyer who is pleading our case to the Father and who is saying, Father, forgive him. Father, forgive him. And when we bow on our knee and say, Lord, I should not have done that. I am sorry. Forgive me for that. He forgives and we keep going on the journey. Amen. But we need to make it our intention to keep the commandments of God. Number three, if we're going to express love to God, we need to refuse to be caught in the world system. Refuse to be caught in the world system. And in a biblical point of view, and really in all of life, no matter how you say it or how you define it, there are only two worldviews. One worldview is that God is in the center of it and God created it all. Or the other view is there is no God and we're all an accident. That, that's the only two worldviews that you can choose. And you understand that the world system is based on three things. Let me use the old King James language because that's the King James and, and, and the things that I memorized best. It's called the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You say, what does that mean? Living in the world system means I'm going to gratify myself in any way I can, in any way I can. I don't care what the laws of God say. I don't care what the direction of God is. I am going to live for pleasure, and I'm going to have all the pleasure I can. I'm going to go for all the gusto in life, and I'm going to have as much fun as I can before I die. The lust of the flesh. I thought of something while I was preparing this message that in beauty, wonderful, creative power and order, do you know that God in every desire that you have physically has made a provision in his own way for every one of those desires to be fulfilled within the realm of marriage, within the realm uh, of food, within the realm uh, of all of the different things that seem so important to us. God is not saying you have to go off in a corner and, and say, uh, here I am, I, I can't do anything. No, he is saying, just do it my way. And if you do it my way, you will find that it is better, it's more wonderful, it's more lasting, and it's something that will stand in time. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, that means I want everything that I can see, and I want everything shiny and happy and glad, and especially I want it more shiny than yours. That's what the lust of the eye is. Everything I see, I want. It's like taking a grandchild to the store. We used to take him to Cracker Barrel. Oh, Papa, can we have this? No, you don't need that. Well, how about this? How, no. well, I want this. I want this. I want. No. How many times did I tell you? No. And then Grandma comes and says, yes. And then here, you know, and that's the way it is. It's the way it works. But everything I see, I want. 
Nothing about contentment. Nothing about being content in my own life. Nothing about understanding that God has blessed me. Everything I see, I want. And then the pride of life. And that is really all about me being better than you. I don't care how much money I have as long as I have more than you. I don't care what kind of house I live in as long as my house is bigger than yours. I don't care what kind of car I drive just as long as my car is newer than yours. Here's the problem. There's always someone bigger, better, faster. And so and when you build your life on that scheme, even uh, the people who are the multi-billionaires in the world, they look over and say, I'm not satisfied because he's got more billions than I've got, and he's got a better house than I've got, and he's got a, a, a lovelier family than I've got. And so life never is complete. And the Bible says that when you love the world, that the love of the Father is squeezed out of your heart and life. The more you give yourself to loving and dying and, and living for the things of this world, the more the love of the Father is squeezed out. Does that mean we shouldn't like nice things? Of course not. Jesus created beauty, and God created beauty. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about a world system that says my value is built on what kind of house I live in, what kind of job I have, what kind of car I drive, what kind of a degree I have, what kind of accomplishments I have. And Jesus said if you build your life on that kind of a foundation, it will squeeze the love of the Father out of your heart. And then the fourth thing he says, if you're going to express love to God, we have to learn how to live in fellowship with other believers. That's where sometimes we just think, wouldn't it be easy to follow Christ if I just had to follow him just by myself? You know, and, and people, I don't hear people gossip about me. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. You know, I don't have to hear people criticize me. Yeah. I don't want to have people do all this stuff. I'm just going to build a little place in my own world. I'm just going to be there, me and my four, and no more, and we're going to be happy. The problem is, here's what the Bible says. Anyone who loves God loves his children also, and they live in community and fellowship with one another. And when we are expressing our love to one another, we are expressing our love to God. It says, how can you love God whom you have not seen? When you don't love your brother or your sister whom you have seen, how is it that you can have the love of God in you and see people with great needs, people who are hungry, people who are going through hard places, people like we're going through in our congregation right now. Some are in distress, some are in discouragement, some are in grief, some are in marriages breaking apart, some are in, in relationships that have been long, some that are going through with children that they're not sure where their children's going to be and how they're going to work it out. And they've got all these things. If you only knew today when you walk in this place, if it went up on the screen, all the burdens that everybody's carrying here, I want to tell you what, you couldn't bear it. 
you'd say, oh my, I can't imagine that people are going through that. And that's why when the Lord's Day comes, unless you're sick or providentially injured or something, just not able to do it, you say, I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there, not for me, but I'm going to be there. Maybe there's someone I can help. Maybe there's someone I can minister to. Two quick stories. One, Stan Toller told me. He said a wife came in and knocked on the door and said to her husband, uh, husband, it's time to get up. We've got to go to church. The husband kind of growled and said, I don't want to go. It's boring. No one likes me there. And I'd just rather sleep. And the wife said, well, there are three reasons you have to go. What is it? It's the Lord's Day. God says you need to be in God's house on the Lord's Day. And secondly, there are people there that you can help. And thirdly, you're the pastor, and you've got to go. <laughs> Not quite, but you get the gist. But it was a great day in my life. It was a great day in my life when uh, I realized, and it happened in between the time that I was uh, actually at the college and in the college and, and uh, <clears throat> wasn't doing as much public ministry as, as I am now or had done. And I, I would go to a church and I'd think, well, they could sure do a lot better job in that music. I mean, you know, God bless them, they're trying their hardest, but they ought to do better. And then I listen to the guy preach, and never, you never want to preach in front of a preacher because he's always saying, you know, I know I could take that text and do twice as much with that text as what you've done. I mean, you know, get with it, man. Uh, you know, and one day God just spoke to me. And he said, when you go to the house of God, it's not about what you can get, but it's about what you can give. And who are the people that need you? Who can you encourage today? Who can you bless today? Who can you say, I'm praying for you today? Who can you just give a warm welcome to and say, I'm glad you're here? Who is it that you can say, I know that you're going through a hard time in your family. I just want you to know that we're praying with you. If there's anything we can do, let you know. And I want to tell you what, when you start coming to church, not about what you get out of it, but what you can give to others and give to God, your church experience will completely transform. Completely. Completely transform. So then, we express our love to God by loving others. We love others because God first loved us. I'm glad that God loved me in spite of my faults in spite of all the things that were wrong with me, and there's more than you know, in spite of all the things that I had done wrong, God loved me first. If God loved me, 
Help me to love others. We love others because God has commanded us to love. This is not an old or a new commandment, but this is a commandment from the beginning. The Bible says in 1 John, love one another as I have loved you. That's how you express your love to God. We love others because it is how we love God. When we love God, and we touch others, we see that we are loving God and God sees that. I was in a meeting and I'm not quite sure where it was. I'm not sure quite who said this. But they were talking about helping poor people and they were talking about feeding people and they were talking about helping people. And if you've ever done that really, where you really do it, there's one thing where you just think about how nice that would be, but there's the reality of it that sometimes it's just not easy trying to work with people. I mean, it just there's the romance of ministering sometimes to the poor, and there's the reality sometimes of ministering to the poor. And I think Pete Wallace and some others that are at Hope on High would be able to tell you that. But one person was going through a long time. It might have been at the Hope on High meeting. And they said, why do you keep doing this? You've been doing this for 10 or 12 years. Why do you do this every weekend? And why do you do this every week? And sometimes people don't even say thank you. Sometimes uh, they just come up and they're grouchy because you don't have their favorite food or they don't have uh, what they want or whatever it is. And the person said, I keep doing it because of this. Because I keep thinking maybe one of those people that I'm serving is really Jesus. Because it said sometimes we give things, a cup of cold water in his name, and we do it to angels unaware. And Jesus said it in another place, that when I was a hungered, you gave me food. When I was not when I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I was in prison, you came to see me, and they said, Lord, when did we do that? We didn't even know. And he said, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. Number four, we love others because it proves our faith. How do I know I'm a Christian? How do I know I'm a Christian? Ask God to help you to love others. And we love others, and, and I could take a long time, and the clock just seems to run faster. But in 1 Corinthians 13, if you really want to know what love is like, it's not a funny feeling like you never felt before. Here's what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love keeps no record of being wrong. Love does not rejoice or gloat. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. That's what love is. And when the funny feeling that you never felt before goes away, this love will last, and this love will hold you. Finally, we love others because we are a family. I love the old Gaither song, and we don't do it so much anymore. Um, it used to be when I was pastoring in uh, Alma, Georgia, um, they were very precise down there, and they asked me what my name was, just like I've told you. I said, my name is David. 
well, we can't just call you David. I said, well, that's my name. No, we will call you Brother David. And everyone in Alma, Georgia, Brother David. And, I, and, and, and we used to do that some here. I, Reverend Melvin Maxwell was Brother Maxwell. And Sister so-and-so. Kind of a funny choice of words, don't you think? But in another way, we are a family. I want you to know this church is a family. And sometimes you disappoint us. Yeah. Sometimes I disappoint you. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't always. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, sometimes we, we, we disappoint each other. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes, I'll let you in on a secret, we get on each other's nerves. <laughs> you could say, amen, ouch, or move over, you know, and uh, we do. But we are a family. And a family comes together. And when we gather together on Sunday morning, it's not just about, okay, we're here. Uh, my number's here. Uh, maybe the pastor won't call me this week if I'm here in church, but uh, I'm here. No, we are here as a family. And we care about each other. And we love each other. And we desire to help each other. And when one has a heartache, we all shed a tear. And we rejoice with this family in this family so dear. That's how God set it up. And then lastly, we love each other. We love each other because it is a witness to the world. Jesus said these words, they will know you follow me because of how you love one another. And the early church, when the early church was going through the persecution and they were going through the hard places and going through those times where some of them were losing their properties and some of them were losing uh, their wealth, some of them were losing their lives being thrown to lions. Those that looked on, this is what they said. Behold how they love one another. There's something different about these folks. They actually do love us. There's something different about these folks. They actually love one another. And they watched that, and history will record that the early church began to explode in growth because they had words to say like no one else had ever said before. The words like, Be, I, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Words like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Words like, I am the resurrection and the life. He that liveth and believeth in me will never die. Do you believe that? 
Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me in a world that was literally spinning out of control in the early church. And so I want you to understand, when we love one another, and I wish there'd be, you know, some of you know that, you know, the greatest love of all, some of you expected, I think, Whitney Houston to start belting that out, you know, and uh, I, I, she said the greatest love of all was loving yourself, and I would respectfully disagree. The greatest love of all is God's love that I can experience and express. And then they had the song, I think it was Dionne Warwick. I'm really dating myself. Some of you kids have no idea who I'm talking about. Poor kids, you don't understand good music. You know that. <laughs> what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, not for just some, but for everyone. And let me just tell you, I'm one... I'd love to go up, and of course she's, I think she's passed on, and go up and say, Miss Warwick, can I just tell you something? That love's already come. It's already here. It's not just for some. It's for the whole world. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what kind of things you've got yourself into, whether you're rich or poor, redder or black or white or yellow or whatever color you may be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what country you live in. It it doesn't matter any of this. It just simply says that God's love is for everyone. And I really think as a church, we all worry, maybe pastors and leaders worry more than some of you lay folks. How are we going to get all these seats filled? Oh, I know we'll do this program, or we'll do that, and we'll do all that. But I tell you, here's what I know. When we start loving each other better and loving people around us better, you're not going to be able to hold the people that sit down in these pews because that's the way we express our love to God. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want us just to take a moment We've already had such a wonderful altar response. But I, I just want to ask you this morning to ask God to just fill you a little more with love for Him and love for one another. Lord, I want to love you more. Lord, I want to love your people more. Lord, I want, to, I want to come to church, not what I get out of it, but what I give to it. And I want to love people until they see our church family and they say, I've never seen a church family love like this. There may be some here this morning that you're saying, Pastor, I've never experienced the love of God in my life. I really want to know that my sins are forgiven. And I really want to know that God, as we're going to see in just a few minutes with these baptisms, that God has made such a change in my life. But I don't know how to do it. 
With our heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, would there be anyone would just slip your hand up? I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Not, no one else is either. Just say, Pastor, pray for me. I really want to know God's love. God bless you. 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 There's so many here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray. Will you just pray silently after me? And I'm going to believe that God is going to meet you where you are. Pray this silently after me. Our Father, I come to you this morning and I read in the Bible that God is love. But I want to experience your love. I want your love to fill me. I want to know that you love me. I want to experience this love that David's talking about. I do admit that I'm a sinner. Forgive me, Lord. I know I've sinned. Forgive me for my sin. But I believe that you died on the cross that I might be saved. Lord, I believe that and I believe that you are the Christ. And I receive the gift of salvation right now. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Fill my heart with your love. Fill my heart with forgiveness. Fill my heart with a personal experience with God. In Jesus' name. And now with our heads bowed, eyes closed, let me see. The Bible says, if any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in to him. I'll ask you a question. By a raise of hands, how many think you believe that God would lie to you? Anybody think God would lie to you? No. If you opened your heart to the best of your ability, you may not understand it all, you may not have every, everything completely worked out, but to the best of your ability, you have opened your heart. Where is He right now, according to His Word? He is in your heart. I want you just to tell him silently, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I thank you for coming into my heart right now. Thank you for giving me your love. Thank you for filling me with the love of Christ. In Jesus' name. And I, church, I tell you what I want to do. We're getting ready to be baptized. We're getting ready for folks to be baptized. I want us to give a great praise offering to God. I believe there are people who made that decision today. And we rejoice with you. And we praise God with you and for you. And some, one, one of these days, we want you to be baptized too. Now, as people are getting ready for baptism, I'm going to have the ushers. If they'll come forward, ushers, will you come forward, please? And we're going to wait on you for our tithes and offerings. Remember, as you give your tithes and offerings, God blesses the church. He blesses, yes, those. There are those that are going to be baptized. You just go right back over here to this room over here. And uh, we will be baptizing you. The ladies will help you there. Help you to understand what needs to be done. 
If you have a connection card, please fill it out. We're trying to update our data. And so if you have a connection card, even if you think we've got it right, sometimes we don't. If you could fill out your name and put a number or email, it would help us so much. You can do it between this week and next. If you don't get it done this week, you can do it next. But let's give as unto the Lord, and then we're going to celebrate together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for giving to us. And because you have given to us, we give back to you our tithes and our offerings. And we believe in it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Ushers, you may take the offering. Go ahead and sing while we wait for the Go ahead. Christ Speak up. He's out in the lobby. He's what? In the lobby. He's in the lobby. Okay. All right. I was going to say, it's going to be hard, but I'll, I'll talk to you about witnessing. But we want anyone who would like to come, anyone who would like to learn how to share your faith more effectively, uh, you can stay and we'll feed you pizza and uh, whatever we have, and uh, we'll be glad to, to share it with you. All right, are we almost ready for our baptism here? No. All right. <laughs> Let's sing Reckless Love once. Can we do that? We can. Give me a second. Here's a good, here comes our guys. <laughs> All right, these two guys are our baptizers. This is not John the baptizer. But this is Scott the baptizer and Ed the baptizer. Amen. Ed the baptizer. We have, I understand it, three children today that are being baptized and one adult and we have one to be christened. And uh, so uh, we are so... 
Now, if you've not been here before when we baptize, yes, here they come. Whoa, okay. Uh, they're all getting ready to be baptized. Okay. <laughs> Here's what happens when we baptize. When we put them under the water, we try to let them up. Uh, we've only lost a few in our baptismal services. But uh, when, we, when they go down under the water, it is signifying that their old life is gone. And when they come up out of the water, that's when we start, we start clapping, we start shouting like it's an Ohio State touchdown, and we let them know this is the best thing that's happened today. These people are making a public dedication and a public confirmation. I am going to follow Jesus. No turning back. So, if we are ready with our first one. Oh, this is a wonderful miracle, wonderful miracle. Amen. This is Cheryl Street. And she has been wanting to be baptized for a long while. And she has a number of family and friends. If you're with Cheryl, would you just stand up? Just stand up. We want to give you a hand and tell you, we are glad you're here today. I'm going to try to stay out of the way so that you can get this. And this is a huge step for Miss Cheryl. There we go. Okay, Miss Cheryl, anything you want to say? Yes. All right. Make sure that don't do the microphone. I'll do it for you. We'd rather keep you alive. There we go. They say there are three things in life. First, I, I was married to someone who brought me pain and suffering, and that when my family helped me through that. Second, I was blessed with a wonderful man who was, loved me as I am, and God chose to remove his pain and take him to his eternal home. And third, now I have been blessed again with my new family who sees me as one of God's children. And I want to thank my family for coming and friends. And I want to praise God for this wonderful family. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. She didn't know. And I didn't know she was going to say that. But I think that went right along with what I was trying to tell you. So God bless you. Now remember, when she comes out of the water, let's rejoice. Okay, Cheryl. Yes, move forward. Cheryl, I understand that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yes. Because of your profession of faith, uh, do you agree that you're going to follow him from this day forward with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all your strength? Yes. Now I'm going to cover your face. Let's, put, let's cover your face. You know. And because, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 Let me do this. I'm going to take you backwards. She's been waiting a long time for this. I both have you, okay? Okay. Because of your profession of faith, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 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 
how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Twas blind, but now I see. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> there were three little children the last time we baptized and all three of them came to me and said Pastor David could I be baptized I said certainly you can if you have put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ we had to postpone our baptism some of you remember because of the weather and they came to me and said pastor how soon is it that I'm going to be able to be baptized I said we have put it to the 20th so they are coming <laughs> yeah that's all right Jesus said suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not All right, here they come. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that is so sweet. Yes, one more. There you go. Did you want to say anything? Huh? Go ahead and say what you want to say. I love Jesus. Ah. <laughs> Summer, oh, you're going to turn around this way, honey. Now, I'm going I'm to cover your face with your hand, and, and I'm going to ask you a question. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And you agree to follow him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength from this day forward? And because of your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the children following Jesus. That is the greatest thing in the world. He's almost underneath before he gets in here. So. Oh, he's got you. He won't let you fall, I promise you. You're going to be okay. Can you tell the people that you love Jesus? I think he got a little scared, but he does love Jesus. Amen? All right. I don't want to do it. He didn't want to go under the water. You know what, son? Come here, just a second. Just, just put him on the step there. That's right. Put him on the step. That's okay. 
put him on the step, and then here, Ed, just put some of your, your fingers on the water and just kind of sprinkle it. Yeah. Is that going to be all right? Nah, he, okay. Well, it's okay. It's okay. All right. Do we have one more? When one, when one gets a little spooky, how many have children, you know? It's a, <laughs> you want to do it? All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Is there another child or is are we christening the baby now? Another child? Okay. Okay, I <laughs> They see these big guys in the water, and I mean, you know, that's all. That's all right. No, don't make him do it. That's fine. You can do it. Yeah. That's all right. It's okay. We don't want them to do it before time. We don't want them to do it before time. That's right. We have a, uh, oh, he is going to do it. <laughs> Can we just put the water on your head or not? He won't dunk you. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. That's okay. We don't want him to be terrified of his baptism experience. We do have a, uh, an, an infant child, and we don't actually baptize infants here, but what we do do is christen infants. And so they're going to come. If you'll come to the front here, and Ed, would you put a little water in that? Yes, just come, and if, uh, if someone is with you, bless her heart. This is Lily, right? Yes, That's Lily Grace. Lily Grace, what a beautiful name. And so here's what we're going to do. If, some of, if your family wants to join you or anyone else, anyone want to come and stand with you? Yes, come and, yeah, I thought you might. And someone else will get the pictures for you. No, 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 come. We want you to come. We want you to come. Here's what I want you to know. Nearly every Sunday that I have been here, Lily's little sister or big sister comes to the altar and says, will you please play, pray for Lily? And we pray for her little sister, Lily. And Lily has a lot of physical challenges. That would be a fair statement, right? And so what we're going to do is dedicate this child and christen this child to Jesus.
and, and God bless her. So let's just pray together. Would you like to come? You, you come with me and pray every day. So just lay your hand every Sunday. And so, yeah, stand here. That's fine. All right. And here's what I'm going to do. I want to pray. And then we're going to christen her in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our Father, we come before you today. And we are so grateful that you love little children. And Lord, you love Lily. And I thank you that you love her little self. And thank you, Lord, with all the physical challenges that Lily faces, that there is a God who loves her. There is a God who walks with her. There is a God who has a divine purpose for Lily's life. There is a God who is working all things to good. And one day in heaven, Lily is going to just walk like she's never walked before and run up and down the streets of gold. And she'll be fine. But Lord, until that time, and if you would choose to heal her now, we would be so pre uh, lovely. But Lord, we pray today for Lily, and we dedicate her now in the name of the Father, and in the Son, and in the blessed Holy Spirit. I pray for her mind, that her mind might think things of God. I pray for her little hands, that her hands might do those things that are righteous. I pray for her feet, that Lord, that you might, those feet might take her places uh, that are good and pure. I pray for her heart that the love of God may fill and overflow her heart and mind through Jesus Christ our Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Let's give God praise. Let's sing the Old doxology. I don't know if you can find a key on that, Eric, anywhere. Praise. Praise. That sounds pretty high. Yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Praise. Just sing it. Just, Just go ahead. There we go. De who's got it Dad's somewhere? Got it. All right. He's got God from, from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, the best we've ever done, but God likes it anyway. God bless you. Shake hands. Be dismissed. Remember, if you want to be a part of the evangelism seminar, stay with us until after uh, the service is over. God bless you. You're dismissed.
shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you. 